From the Texas Veterinary Medical Association in Austin, Texas, this is Veterinary Vitals, a podcast that focuses on current news in the Texas veterinary profession. I'm your host, Audrea Wood. Today on Veterinary Vitals, I speak with Dr. Katie Ike, veterinarian and founder of Rockin' Pets Rollin' Vets, a full-service mobile veterinary clinic. The 1998 graduate of the Auburn University College of Veterinary Medicine practiced in Virginia, where she built a brick and mortar practice before moving to Alabama for relief work. Finally, she landed in Texas, where she worked in a no-kill shelter in Austin before settling down in Houston in 2013. Having had the benefit of working in so many different aspects of veterinary medicine, Dr. Ike saw a real need for at-home vet care. In 2016, she launched her full-service mobile veterinary practice. I asked Dr. Ike to talk about what led her to seek a new way to practice veterinary medicine and how other veterinarians can too. Here's Dr. Ike. So my name is Katie Ike, and I am originally from Alabama, and um, but I now live in Texas. I am one of those that says I wasn't born here, but I got here as soon as I could. Um, so I, growing up, I was not, it was vet school was not in my plan growing up. Um, I had my whole future planned out. I was going to be a plastic surgeon and, um, I ended up, but I was always a saver of animals, right? Like picked up every stray animal off the side of the road. My father was a cattle farmer. We lived not really on a farm, but sort of on a farm, um, saved every animal that, you know, we could turtles and bunnies and geese and cows and all that. Um, my senior year of college, I worked at Yerkes Primate Center in Atlanta. And it just hit me like a lightning bolt. Like, why? what am I doing? I'm going to vet school. And when I told my mother that I had changed my mind, I was no, no longer going to go to medical school. I was going to go to vet school. She said, well, I've been waiting 13 years for you to tell me that. So she was not ever the kind of parent to really push, right? Like she would try to steer you in the right direction, but never push. She always was really good about letting us make our own sort of life decisions in a, in a structured way. But, um, she always trusted us to do our homework. You know, she never had to look over our shoulders and she just said, you know, I, I always knew that you would be a veterinarian. Just, she didn't want to push me to it. Um, so I went to Auburn under, uh, excuse me, I went to Emory undergrad, Auburn vet school and, um, started my practicing career in Virginia in a mixed animal practice. And I loved so many aspects about mis- mixed animal practice, except it was in, um, Virginia. So it was really cold in the winter and I didn't love going out at two o'clock in the morning to pull a calf in the cold in the snow. Um, so I transitioned over to small animal medicine, uh, went into private practice in Roanoke, Virginia, worked for as an associate veterinarian for about four years there, and then branched out and started my own practice there. So I started with a brick and mortar practice in Virginia, um, started that from scratch and then built it up. And after about five years, sold it because I got too cold in Virginia and I wanted to go where it was warm. So I ended up in Texas. And so I've been in, when I left Virginia, I moved to Austin and worked in shelter medicine. And again, I love that aspect of veterinary medicine, 
but at my age, I was 40 at the time. Um, it just took, it was a, a lot of toll, um, being, doing surgery all day, seeing p- sick pets, seeing vaccines. And then, um, so it was just an extremely physically taxing job. And again, while I loved it, I just couldn't see the long-term, um, st- I didn't have the long-term stamina for it. So transitioned back out into private practice. And, uh, in the meantime, met my now current fiance and he lived in Houston. Um, which is funny because when I landed in Austin, I thought I'll never move again, never moving. I'm dying here. This is my people. This is my place. Never moving. And then I met Mike. Um, and so I stayed in Austin for two years and ended up moving to Houston. And when I got here, so backtrack a little bit while I was running my practice in Virginia, a friend of mine there had a brick and mortar practice. And then she also had a mobile unit. And it, she brought it over to my clinic one time. And I mean, it was the coolest thing I had ever seen. I was like, this is amazing because I already did house calls for some of my really good clients at the time, but just out of my car. Right. And so you get there and ultimately you've forgotten something at the clinic that you needed, or you'd get there and there wasn't room. If it was a big dog, you know, that needed to be euthanized, didn't have room in the car. Um, so I really wanted to add mobile to that practice, but owning that brick and mortar was already a chasing your tail kind of game. Right. And I just never could see how I could add both and do them both well. So when I sold that practice and moved to Texas, I knew I would own a practice again, but this time I said, if I ever do it again, when I ever do it again, I'm going to start mobile and then see what happens from there. So I moved to Houston in 2013 and did relief work. Um, just to kind of get the sort of feel of the city, get to meet doctors, get to really meet hospitals that, you know, to see who kind of, you know, what kind of medicine people practiced and where I would want to sort of try to partner with a, with a brick and mortar practice if that, if it came to that Um, and worked for some great hospitals here. I mean, there's just some phenomenal veterinarians in in Houston. I will say that. Um, So it wasn't like there wasn't anybody to choose from. It was like, there were too many people, you know, to try to choose from, to sort of work with them, to, to, be able to refer animals back into their practices. Our, the mobile practice that I launched in 2016 was named South by South Vets because I thought it was hilarious. Um, our, my tagline was Pets Rock, We Roll. And um, so we launched here in 2016, we had that name for four years. And then we got a letter from South by Southwest telling me that I was infringing on their trademark. And I was like, oh my God, I'm huge. South by Southwest <laughs> knows about me. And so the, the, their legal counsel was extremely nice and they just could not have been more compassionate about what I was doing and, you know, gentler with me about, Hey, you know, you really need to change your name. But I asked her how, you know, like, how'd you find out about us? And she said, oh, somebody sent us a picture of one of your trucks. So I was like, wah, wah. okay. Um, so anyway, we changed our name and Turned out to be, I think, just as fun of a name. So we kept got to keep our tagline, Pets Rock, We Roll. And so we're now rocking Pets, Rolling Vets. We kind of shortened it to slang of, we just call ourselves Rolling Vets. But um, we are full, 100% mobile. We do everything at the person's house in our, so we have four full service trucks that we can do surgery, dentistry, x-rays, blood work. Full pharmacy is on board, um, but they can come into the truck or we can go into their home. So everything on the truck is also portable into their homes. So this has been my favorite venture that I have taken on so far. Um, It's never the same day twice. Clients love it. So it's just, we get to form really close relationships with with our clients. And I get to know the animal, who the animal really is 
at home, not when they're nervous, you know, in the, the vet clinic. So this is where I feel like I was meant to be my whole life. That's great. What have your challenges been in this new venture? So we need doctors. That's our literally our limiting factor is doctors like everybody else right now. Um, and the, the units, because with the supply chain issues, it's been really hard to get the truck chassis. Um, and the main sort of, some of the main builders of these units are backed up over a year. So for instance, we put an order in, in March for our, the latest truck that's about to be delivered and it will be ready hopefully by the end of this month. So it took almost a year to get it ready. Mobile has been around forever right? I mean, my first practice 25 years ago was an ambulatory practice. It was mixed animal, but it's not the same as what we're doing now. And so to get one of our challenges, one of our sort of barriers to get in front of doctors is making sure they understand what kind of medicine we are practicing. We're not a vaccine clinic, right? We're not in our cars with just a doctor bag, which is also great. There's, we have a lot of, of house call practices here that we love and they do an amazing job. We are a full service clinic. The only thing we cannot do is hospitalize. We have lasers, we have ultrasound, we do surgery, dentistry. Like I said, we have three x-ray units um, on our trucks. So to me, I feel like I practice better medicine than I did even in my brick and mortar practice that I built from scratch and did it exactly the way I wanted it. I practice even better medicine because when I'm at that client's house, they are my only the only thing on my brain right now is that dog in front of me. You might have somebody that's waiting for you to call them back, right? Or whatever. But in a, in a traditional brick and mortar, I felt very pulled because I had potentially a surgery waking up, you know, that needed my attention or a dentistry happening that I wasn't, you know, I'm in seeing exam rooms or I've got three exam rooms waiting or an emergency comes in the door. So I feel like for me, I get to practice better quality medicine because I'm only focused on that one pet and I get to form deeper relationships with my clients. I mean, I had great relationships with my clients in Virginia as well. And some of them are still great friends. Um, But because we are there in their home or even just in their driveway right now with COVID, we're trying not to go into as many homes. We still will when it's necessary. Um, I get to form deeper bonds, I think than when I was in the the clinic and I might be able to really give somebody five or 10 minutes of my undivided attention because something else was pulling me in another direction. So, but yeah, for dogs that are big dogs, it's hard to get in the car. Cats, we get to see a lot of cats that otherwise would not get care or have to be completely sedated in the clinic. I would say eight out of 10 cats that call us for the first time, they will say they have to be completely sedated. And we probably eight out of 10 times don't have to state those cats because they're just not at that level 10 anxiety of being in the car, in the, you know, in the carrier, in the car, in a vet clinic that smells like dogs and sounds like dogs. Um, so I just feel like this is a, for me, this is a much better way to deliver veterinary medicine. That's great. Have you found that pets have an easier time being treated in their homes? We still have dogs, you know, we still have animals that are nervous. Um, And that's usually though, just because they're nervous animals around strangers. So it's not like every single animal just loves to see us, right? Because they don't, I mean, I'm not going to lie. They don't. And especially if we've seen them before, they know who we are. 
but they are generally speaking much more relaxed and it's a very quick process. So what used to take someone, you know, potentially two hours by the time they leave their house with the animal, sit in traffic, sit in the exam room, sit in the waiting room, check out, get back in the car and get home. We're done in 10 or 15 minutes. Animals out to the truck, done back in the house, 10, 15 minutes. And they're just kind of like, oh, what just happened? Right. So what were the logistics of actually starting this business? How did you plan and decide everything that would go in your mobile veterinary clinic? So when I started, um, this was an almost unknown service, especially here. There was, there was one here that had a full service truck and she's also awesome. Um, but I thought, you know, I'm going to start it smaller, see how much traction we get. So I went and talked to a veterinarian who had a clinic literally across the street from my house and said, Hey, this is what I'm going to do. Can I rent your surgery suite from you one day a week, like for four hours? And can I send my patients to you for x-rays and like hospitalization? And he was amazing. It's like, let's do it. Great. I love it. So they were always very accommodating for us, very, you know, welcoming. They would let us come in. We brought in all of our own equipment, brought in all of our own drugs. We just, you know, basically used their space and their oxygen, but we replaced everything um, that we needed, like their, their anesthesia machine. We'd top it back off, right. And fill it up and we left. So, um, I started with just a sprinter van. Now it was outfitted with a refrigerator, a, a lift table, scale, sink, all that stuff, anesthesia machine for things like small mass removals, cat neuters, things like that we could do in that truck. But I didn't purposefully did not have a lot of the bells and whistles because I just wanted to see how it would work without going into too much debt. And, and at that point, especially banks would not lend to mobile at all. The best I could do was a $15,000 line of credit. That was it. Nobody would lend on mobile. They, you know, they're like, Hey, you want to open a brick and mortar? We'll give you $5 million. But for mobile, uh, we just don't know about that model yet. So I did it with my own money. Um, I had two very small loans from friends, like $30,000. And the first year, so we, we started with that Sprinter van. And it was just me and one employee. And we have 10 times our revenue in six years. Now, I... So when we bought the first big truck, we were at sort of a place in our, in our um, patient waiting list where we had patients waiting for about eight weeks for surgery because we were so booked up because we could only do one or two surgeries in that four hours that we had, you know, in that other clinic. And so we started thinking, okay, should we open a small surgery center and just just do surgeries in that? No hospitalization, nothing else. Like I knew I didn't want to run another brick and mortar clinic. Or do we go ahead and get one of the big units that has surgery, dentistry, all that stuff in it, x-ray that can just be, you know, kept um, up. You don't have to set it all up every time. And thought long and hard about it and looked at the numbers and looked at staffing, what would need to be, you know, what would have to happen in a surgery center for staffing. And we just decided, you know, mobile is our thing. Um, So we bit the bullet and bought a large mobile unit. And in that mobile unit, then we decided, okay, now we need an x-ray machine in there. So we kept putting an x-ray machine in. We had the surgery suite. 
um, had the dental table, dental x-rays, dental scalar polisher, all that stuff. And it's just kind of slowly grown into a more full service, right? Where we can offer all these additional sort of add-on treatments that in the beginning I was sending those animals into another clinic for just to, you know, sort of save on capital equipment, capital and all that stuff. So the, the amounts that we put out now are significantly more than what I put out in the beginning. Um, but you know, I don't think I would change that. I think starting out, it's kind of wiser to start slower and build up into that than to go gangbusters, you know, before you really have a client base built up. Now we have a huge client base built up. Um, so we can, you know, be able to offer those services and have those services pay for the equipment versus sitting on that equipment while I'm trying to build up a clientele. So how could a veterinarian interested in mobile practice get started? Yeah, the financial part, um, you know, it can be a barrier, really a barrier to entry, depending on how you want to start. Um, fortunately, the mobile, the builders of these mobile units are really, they have their own in-house financing. So they're really good about sort of getting you the financing that you need. So for that first truck, they um, really kind of went on on a limb for us. And, you know, we just couldn't be more thankful for that. So, but I think, you know, right now for us, if you want to be just, if you want to do one doctor, one truck, one technician, you know, or a couple of technicians that the barrier to entry is really, it is just the financial piece and it's planning and making sure you just have all your ducks in a row. Um, for us, our biggest challenge right now, like we touched on is, you know, hiring the right people. We Houston, especially, is such an enormous city. It, you can take two hours to drive from one side of the city to the other with no traffic. So to be able to serve the entire metro area, which is what we do, you know, it requires a lot of people and a lot of trucks. And so that right now is the biggest challenge that we're facing is logistics and finding the right people to run, you know, to run the trucks. So other than that, I mean, I, you know, I've had a lot of people come to me and want to know about starting a mobile practice. What do you need to do? And I'm kind of like, just do it, you know, just do it. If you can get the financing, you, the business will be there. Just do it. What would you say to a veterinarian that's thinking of trying a new way to practice veterinary medicine? Oh, I think just do it again. It's like, just do it. One of the things that, um, you know, I think people sort of feel like there's no option right? Especially with the level of debt that a lot of these, um, a lot of vets are coming out with nowadays. I think they feel like there's no option. Um, and you know, veterinarians as a whole are extremely loyal people, you know, like they don't want to leave their clients. If they're in a, if they're in a job, they don't love, they still love their patients and their clients. And it's almost like you feel like you're abandoning them. Um, but you do have to look at the long game, right? What is going to keep you happy and fulfilled and not burning yourself right from both ends. And I mean, look, I burned my the candle from both ends, but I love it. I love what I'm doing. It gives me the energy to be able to do what I'm doing. You know, I work seven days a week, not on the truck, just running the business. I'm still getting to see patients but I absolutely love what I'm doing. It's a different day every day. I'm not in the same four walls. You know, so I think it's just like, there's Facebook groups that I see a lot of people asking about what else can I do? You know, where are other outlets? Um, 
I think it really is about reaching out to other veterinarians in your community that might be doing something different and talk to them. I don't know any veterinarian anywhere that wouldn't talk to people about what they do, especially if it's something that they love to do. Um, the other thing about veterinarians that I love is they tend to be an extremely helpful group of people. So if you need something and there's a veterinarian that can help you do it, they're going to help you do it. So I've never run across a veterinarian that I couldn't count on to help me with something, even just advice. Do you need, I need to vent about something or help like the, the doctor that I went into his clinic. He didn't know me at all. And I said, Hey, this is what I want to do. Can we do it? Yeah, let's do it. Great. I love it. So I think talking to people, really meditating on what is it that you think might bring you some joy in veterinary medicine and just do it. So here is the way I felt about this business when I started it, because it was a new model, right? It's always been around, but the way we're doing it is a fairly new way to do it. I thought, okay, I'd rather try it and fail than to get to the end of my career and think, man, I wish I had tried that. What are you looking forward to in the future? The near future is we are expanding into Austin and Dallas. Um, we already have our warehouse location in Dallas. We are actively seeking our warehouse location in Austin. And again, really the, the limiting factor for that and what we'll decide when we will be expanding there is, is when we can hire the right staff for those cities. We um, just launched our Woodlands North Market this weekend. So we moved two of our doctors from here that live out in that market, moved them out there. Um, so we're super excited about that. But, you know, we just want to keep helping as many pets as we can possibly help every day. We're open seven days a week. I feel my philosophy is animals don't stop needing us on the weekend. Um, so we are there for them, you know, as much as we can possibly be there for them. So that's our that's our end goal to help as many people and their pets as we can. That was Dr. Katie Ike, veterinarian, founder, and CEO of Rockin' Pets, Rollin' Vets. This conversation was a great reminder that there isn't just one way to practice veterinary medicine. The profession has such a wide array of specialties and many unique avenues for practicing. A big thank you to Dr. Ike and her team at Rollin' Vets. You can check them out at rollinvets.com. That's R-O-L-L-I-N-V-E-T-S dot com. A quick announcement, Texas recently passed House Bill 2850, which provides some protections to veterinary professionals in responding to comments and discussions made in online forums. TVMA is offering a special webinar on what this piece of legislation means for you as a practitioner. Dr. Caitlin DeWild, owner of The Social DVM, will provide you with the latest updates on this issue, the safeguards and entails, and guidance for handling interactions with clients in online forums. This webinar is exclusive to TVMA members at the discounted rate of $30 per person and includes a live Q&A with Dr. DeWild. There will be two sessions to choose from, Tuesday, May 31st at 12 p.m. or Thursday, June 23rd at 6.30 p.m. Central. Each session will provide one and a half continuing education credits, and a virtual link will be sent to all conference registrants prior to the event. Also, TVMA is going on tour this coming month. There will be two regional visits you can attend, one May 18th in San Angelo, and another on May 19th in Odessa. 
You can find more information and register for all these events at tvma.org. Last but not least, Southwest Veterinary Symposium is in Fort Worth this year, September 22nd to 25th. There's a lot to look forward to with four days of continuing education, exhibits, interactive labs, and events. Visit swvs.org to register. We hope to see you there. If you have any topics you would like covered on this podcast or would like to nominate a guest, please email me at awood at tvma.org. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with a colleague and rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. A like, a share, a retweet, these are all great ways that you can support TVMA that won't cost you a dime. I'm your host, Audrea Wood. Thanks for listening.